Pandora's Lunchbox on WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. This here Pandora's Lunchbox is a show about food and culture every Thursday evening at 6.30. Very happy to bring it to you every Thursday. And if you've tried to go fishing lately, you haven't caught any fish, well, that's one thing. But if you there's plenty of fish to be had, but you can't have any because of, well, your status, well, that's a whole other thing entirely. So, well, this half hour, it's going to be songs about food and class status class distinctions. And what better way to start with Kid Creole and the Coconuts, masters of art, food, class distinctions, social commentary, all the above with the beat. Here's uh, No Fish Today.
Sorry, ma'am. Kid Creole and the Coconuts and No Fish Today. No Fish Today. Songs and thoughts about food and class distinctions today on Pandora's Lunchbox. And, well, let's see. If I say haggis, uh, what category would you put yourself in as far as being classy or not classy enough to try that? Well, this actually links, links in with something happening this weekend. The Celine Celtic Fest is happening. Actually, it started today. There are events tomorrow and Saturday, uh, all at Mill Pond Park in Celine. All the information is at selenecelticorg On Saturday, there will be lots of music by people like Finvara's Wren, Billy Grogan's Goat, and others. There will be Morris dancing, pipe bands, jousting, but perhaps most importantly for this show, a haggis hurl. Yes, they will be taking a haggis, and they will be hurling it, by which I mean throwing. Haggis hurl on Saturday at 1.30 p.m. and 5.30 p.m., which first of all begs the question, who, for those who may not know, what exactly is a haggis? It's a Scottish dish. It consists of a sheep's or calf's organ meat, traditionally heart, liver, and lungs, Mm-mm. mixed with suet, oatmeal, and seasoning, boiled in a bag, traditionally one made from the animal's stomach. I should mention that nowadays haggis is not as intense necessarily as the original, and you can actually buy canned vegetarian haggis, so encased in a can instead of an animal's stomach. Right. But the national Scottish poet Robert Burns, was possi- who was possibly most famous for Auld Lang Syne, also wrote to a haggis in 1787. This Scot didn't want none of your fancy schmancy food. No, he wanted something real, something you can slice into with a knife and steam comes out and it's huge and it's meaty and you eat it until your belly bulges and you can fight anyone on the battlefield. That's right, none of your fancy schmancy highfalutin stuff. So we're going to hear Addressed to a Haggis by a fellow who is reciting it. His name is 
Prakash McKay. And this is from the YouTubes. I thought you might enjoy this. This is addressed to Haggis in English. I believe something's lost in the translation, but we will compare and contrast with the Scot in just a moment. Here we go. Can we? Here we go. So I'm going to do it in English first. <laughs> and then I'll do it in Scottish. So this is the address to the Haggis. Good luck to your honest, jolly face, great chieftain of the pudding race. Above them all, you take your place, paunch and intestines. Well, are you worthy of a grace as long as my arm? The groaning platter, there you fill, your buttocks like a distant hill. Your trussing would help to mend a mill in time of need while through your pores juice falls in drops like beads of amber. <laughs> See the rustic laborer clean his knife and cut you up with ready skill, cutting your entrails to brightly gush like any ditch. And then, oh, what a glorious sight, warm, steaming, rich. <laughs> then, spoon for spoon, they stretch and strive. Devil, take the hindmost on they drive, till all their swell-swelt stomachs by and by are curved like drums. Then old Goodmon, almost likely to burst, murmurs, God be thanked. Is there that or his French ragout, or spiced stew that would surfeit a sow, or fricassee would mack her spew with perfect disgust? looks down with sneering scornful view on such a dinner. Poor devil, see him over his trash, as feeble as a withered rush, his spindle shank a good whiplash, his fist a nut. Through bloody flood or field to dash, oh how unfit. But mark the rustic haggis fed, the trembling earth echoes his footsteps, clasped in his ample fist, a knife, he'll make it whistle, and legs and arms and heads will be locked off like tops of thistle. <laughs> you powers that make mankind your care and provide them with their food. Old Scotland wants no thin stuff that splashes in wooden porridge bowls, but if you want her gratitude, give her a haggis. <laughs> that sounds distasteful to my ear. <laughs> And now, the original Scott. The address to a haggis. With the absolutely necessary bagpipe. Here we go. Fair for your honest sonsy face, great chief know the pudding race. Aboon them all, you tack your place, paint, tripe or therm. Wheel are you wordy, o' oh, a grace, as langs my arm. The groaning trencher, there you fill. Your hurdies like a distant hill, your pin would help to mend a mill in time of need. While through your pores the juice distill like amber bead. His knife, 
See rustic labour dicht, and cut ye up with ready slicht, trenching your gushing entrails bricht like ony ditch, and then, oh, what a glorious sicht, warm reekin, rich. Then horn for horn they stretch and strive, deal tack the hinmist on they drive, till all their wheel-swalt kites belive are bent like drums, then old good man mayst like to rive. We thank it, hums. Is there that our his French ragout, or oleo that would stow a sou, or fricassee would macker spew with perfect scunner, looks doon with sneering, scorn for view on sick a dinner? Pear deal, see him, our his trash, as feckless as a withered rash, his spinnel shank a good whip lash, his neave a knit. Through bloody flood or field to dash, O oh, how unfit! But mark, the rustic, haggis fed, The trembling earth resounds his tread, Clap in his wailing eve a blade, He'll make it whistle, And legs and arms and heads will sned Like taps a thistle. Ye powers, for mac, mankind your care, and dish them out their bill of fare. Old Scotland wants nae skinkin' ware that joups and luggies. But if ye wish, her great for prayer, gi her a haggis. Now that's more like it, isn't it? Wouldn't you say? I love how the English translation, warm, steaming rich, in the original Scottish is warm, reekin' rich. I love that. Addressed to a haggis, or just to a haggis, by Robert Burns in the English and the original Scottish. Songs about food and class distinctions, It's and stories about them, too. It's a quarter to seven now, just about-ish. Arwolf and Face the Music has waltzes on his seven o'clock show. Waltzes intersecting with blues and jazz influences and other influences. That's at 7 o'clock. Do not miss that. So how about this let them eat cake deal, huh? It's the traditional translation of the French phrase qu'il mange de la brioche, which is commonly attributed to Queen Marie Antoinette, but there's no actual record of the phrase ever being uttered by her. It appears in Jean-Jacques Rousseau's Confessions, his autobiography. His first six books of the autobiography were written in 1765 when Marie Antoinette was only nine years old, so, hmm. The context of Rousseau's account was his desire to have some bread to accompany some wine he had stolen. However, in feeling he was too elegantly dressed to go into an ordinary bakery, he thus recollected the words of a, quote, great princess, unquote, as he wrote in Book 6. Finally, I recalled the stopgap solution of a great princess who was told that peasants had no bread and who responded, let them eat brioche. Since brioche was a luxury bread enriched with butter and eggs, the quote would reflect the princess's disregard for the peasants, or at least a complete lack of understanding that the absence of basic food stables was due to poverty rather than a lack of supply. Rousseau does not name the quote great princess. He doesn't name this great princess, that is. And he may have invented the anecdote, as Confessions was on the whole not a very reliable autobiography. So says Wikipedia, which is... Very reliable. Antonia Fraser points out in her biography of Marie Antoinette that the Queen was a generous patroness of charity and moved by the plight of the poor when it was brought to her attention, thus making the statement out of character for her. 
So now we know. Let them eat brioche, and Marie Antoinette probably didn't actually say it, but let them eat cake has always been a potent phrase to talk about. Well, the 1%, shall we say, and those, the haves and the have-nots. And I'm happy to say I found a song called Let Them Eat Cake by Malvina Reynolds. I'd heard her name before, an activist, singer-songwriter. Hadn't actually heard her music, but I'm happy to say we have a CD of hers in the library. Melvina Reynolds, recorded in 1972 at the awesome age of 72. This is Let Them Eat Cake. Let them eat cake, said Marie Antoinette. So they chopped off her head until she was dead. The solution was drastic. The story's fantastic. They talk of it, yes. Let them eat cake, so they feed us on cake. It's loaded with sugar, the flavors are fake. We think we've had something, they say it's a treat. But when it's all over, our stomach says, Buddy, when do we eat? <laughs> with color they dazzle the eyes they sound and they sound as though something's been said but the questions we're asking keep rolling around in our heads let them eat cake said Marie Antoinette so they feed us the zonkers while they eat the meat. They stuff us with plastic. They tell us it's great. And we gag at the colored pollution they put on the plate. Let them eat cake from the frozen food bin. A concoction of nothing with air beaten in. We eat and we're hungry. Their word is a lie. And if we leave their heads on, we'll die. I have to say, this, this show features more carnage than most uh, Pandora's Lunchbox shows. We had two haggis lopping off arms and legs like thistle and tops of thistle, and we've got heads coming off it. Be careful out there. This is Pandora's Lunchbox, and today, hi, I'm Mike. Hi, I'm Mike. This is Mike. Uh, did I say that? This, this is a show about food, and Pandora's Lunchbox is what this is. A show about food and culture, and today it's food and class distinctions, and now that we've talked about what Marie Antoinette never said, let's talk about something that the, that the Beatles never did, okay? So um, there was a book called Paperback Writer, The Life and Times of the Beatles, The Spurious Chronicle of Their Rise to Stardom, Their Triumphs and Disasters, plus The Amazing Story of Their Ultimate Reunion. Actually, this was written before the sort of digital reunion on the anthology collection. This is actually a, an imagining of what could have happened if you basically took the beginning of the Beatles story and rewrite most of, rewrote most of it. So it says here, uh, John Lennon was in a film called How I Won the War. 
in which he portrayed a British soldier during World War II. This is all true. To prepare for the part, he spent two weeks as a private in the British Army. Of all the impressions the sensitive Lenin brought back from his brief soldiering stint, one stuck out in his mind. The military seemed the supreme example of pettiness and class distinction. The higher ranks enjoyed special privileges in every facet of army life. Different clothes, different barracks, different food, even different seasoning for their food. One afternoon, he was discussing the Beatles with his staff sergeant over a lunch in the enlisted men's dining room. It was then he noticed it. While pouring some pepper on his steak, he read a sticker on the pepper jar, for sergeants only, not to be taken from this room. What's this, he asked the sergeant. That's a jar of pepper. What does it look like, was the reply. No, I mean this label, for sergeants only. Why? Because it's a better pepper, higher quality, better ground. You have to be a sergeant or above in order to use it here. Lenin was amazed. Pepper? You have special pepper? We have special everything for the higher ranks. It's what provides motivation in the military. Why push yourself to become a sergeant if you're going to get the same things that you already have as a private? Lenin understood to a point, but really... Wasn't that carrying it a bit too far? Special salt and special pepper? Special seasonings? Lenin had originally planned to remain three more days, but the military mentally mentality had finally gotten to him. He found the nearest phone booth and called for a helicopter. Well, as you might imagine, the rest is history because not too long later, they come up with an album called, that's right, Sergeant Pepper. Yes, that's right, including such incredible songs as the Sgt. Pepper theme where it says, It was 20 years ago today that bombs fell on London every day. Whether we go in or out of style, I still remember it as a child. And what did we all suffer for? What did we shiver on the floor for? For the Sgt. Pepper only rank club man. The Sgt. Pepper only rank club man. Remember that? No, neither do I. It didn't happen. Here's uh, Piggies.
on. One more time. Yes, that really happened, that song. That was Piggies by the Beatles from the Beatles, also known as AKA the White Album also. I forgot to mention this book called Paperback Writer that I just read from was by Mark Shipper. A spurious account of the story of the Beatles. Let's see if I can quickly look to see when this book came out. 1977 and 1978 copyright. Talks about their famous reunion in 1979, which was a disaster, a total embarrassment. If you can find it, it's pretty funny. Well, this is Pandora's Lunchbox. I've been Mike. This is a show about food and class distinctions that we've been doing today. I should mention... For all classes and all peoples, there is Elvis, and the Michigan Elvis Fest is this weekend. It is Friday and Saturday. It's Friday from about 5 to midnight and Saturday most of the day. It's at Riverside Park in Depot Town, Ypsilanti. Multiple Elvi entertaining you from different parts of his career. And uh, it's it's a blast, actually. You can also see uh, James Brown, James Brown uh, tribute. Lots of other things. A Blues Brothers tribute, which always kind of struck me as being really meta because the Blues Brothers were a tribute, and now there's a Blues Brothers tribute. I think we now need a tribute to the Blues Brothers tribute, which was originally tribute of a tribute. Having said that, let's wrap up with another song about food and class distinctions. This is The Rainmakers and Government Cheese, and I can never figure out how much of this is ironic, how much is unironic, how much is unironically ironic, how much is ironically unironic. But I'll leave that up to you because I can't figure it out. This came out in the 80s. This is the Rainmakers and Government Cheese. You're listening to WCBN FM Ann Arbor. Keep on listening. I've been Mike for a long time. Thank you for letting me do that. And stay tuned for Our Wolf and Face the Music. Waltz into the 7 o'clock hour with me with this song and then actual waltzing. Here we go. Bust out the windows, put his family on food stamps now He's a big spender, no food on the table And the bills ain't paid Cause he's spending on cigarettes and PGA They'll turn us all into beggars Cause they're easier to please They're feeding our people that government cheese Give a man And you'll find them in the dirt Learning how to carry on the family line of work It's the man in the White House The man under the steeple Passing out drugs to the American people I don't believe in anything Nothing is free They're feeding our people that government cheese Government Cheese government
government cheese. You ever had any of that? Yeah, it's uh, nothing to write home about. It's 7 o'clock. This is Radio Free Ann Arbor, WCBN FM Ann Arbor. 88.3 is the frequency. We're a student-run experimental radio from the University of Michigan. Very, very, very community-connected. Lots of people from the surrounding populace coming in here and participating. And that's where um, that's where I come in. My name's Arwolf. I hope you feel good. If you've looked at the sky, you may have noticed there is what appears to be a large storm system sort of schlepping this way. They're expecting thunderstorms uh, to begin, oh, maybe around 10 o'clock. So we're seeing the very front of this thing. And maybe around midnight, the system ought to peak. It looks like a lot of of stuff headed this way. So take care of yourself, huh? For some reason, I've decided, and I don't think it was entirely the weather, but this does fit in pretty nicely with the humidity. I decided that we should just pay attention to waltz forms. I got lots of waltzes for you, and all kinds of different kinds of waltzes. And I'd like to set the Wayback Machine to May of 1914. So the recording you're about to hear is more than, uh, it's about 102 years old now. This is an African-American ensemble billed as Joan Sawyer's Persian Garden Orchestra, and they were performing in New York City. It's the Vaults Boston. This is some ballet music from 1914. Let's face the music together. <laughs> 